I'm John Paul Murphy. I'm Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. World. On this episode, we'll be covering Westworld Season 2, Episode 8, titled Kiksua. Christian, what did you think about this episode? It kicked my butt. Oh, really? It was great. I love this episode. Who doesn't love a bottle episode? But it wasn't really I mean, a as much episode. as much of a bottle episode as you can have for Westworld in many ways. I yes, it was a bottle episode in many ways, but also a a, a look back. Yeah. Upon I guess it's like a side happened. story, but it's not a side story because it's very important. It reminds me a little bit of Back to the Future Part 2 when yeah. Marty McFly revisits episode from Part 1. Yeah. But from a different perspective. <laughs> I mean, there have been so many hints that the Lakota tribe was going to be important throughout the first season, and then in the second season, we just keep ignoring them. So this was such a great payoff to that. Yeah. I first want to give a shout-out first to Zane McLaren, who played oh the title character, Akacheta. Yeah, uh, I kept calling him Akacheta. Uh, and then also he was referred to as Akacheta. Yeah. Let's just call him Ake, because yeah. I'm... Yeah. Which I find surprisingly close to Akane, yes. the Japanese... Uh, version of Maeve. You know what blew my uh, mind? I didn't put two and two together in the previously on at the start of the episode when we see him in the past in the real world when he, yeah. they're first introduced to Logan. Oh, yeah. I did I not was put bring that those up two also. together. Yeah, like it. I I actually uncovered it upon watching like later episodes in the season after episode oh, two. I see. But then it was it was I was going to bring it up in this episode that he was part of the pitch to Logan in which he pitched what they call the Argos Initiative. He was with Angela, and and he, without his sort of Ghost Nation makeup, he looks completely different. And you almost you don't recognize him in an in a interesting way. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Uda Breezewitz, who directed this episode. She's a longtime cinematographer, also has done a lot of TV directing, Um but I thought it was also a great episode for her directing. Um, she also was a cinematographer for my one of my favorite movies of all time, which was Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> so uh, she knows she knows how to light stuff. So uh, uh, give her props to that. And also great writing uh, from Gina Atwater, who's a staff writer in Westworld, kind of new to the scene, hired by Bad Robot. Much stronger writing than the prior episode. Yes, I think so. But also less Charlotte Hale. So I don't know. Yeah, I still don't think the problem is Charlotte Hale as much as it is the writing of Charlotte Hale. I don't know, maybe. Also, all of the dialogue in the last episode was very bad. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, we're not on that episode. We're on. Hey, Kisua. so listen to this. How about shout out to this? We just watched an hour of TV that was almost entirely in Native in a Native American language on a major television network. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, I and it wasn't. I think this language, the Lakota Sioux language, is a very beautiful language to listen to. I think is so. I, I think not to, not to like diminish anything about the episode about, but I think it was just it was very pleasant to hear and to read yeah. subtitles of. Yeah, so no, it, was, it was wonderful, and it, it was something I didn't think about until the very end. I was like, wow, I've never watched anything. I don't believe that's been even predominantly in any kind of Native American, let alone basically the entire episode. And this is an hour-long show. I think the closest we got was on another show we did in Wishboning when we watched uh, Dance with Wolves. I thought about that. So I thought about that episode and about how a lot of Native American tribes, in the way that they tell stories, it's like one of the most 
common uh, commonalities amongst them. You know, I mean, like the Native American tribes are also different from one another and they also speak different languages, but their storytelling is very similar. And I think it's like one of their sort of like binding attributes of the Native American people, at least as far as I'm aware, right? It's it's something that it, it seems is sort of uh, really unique. It's very different than the way like, you know, white people, our ancestors um, tell stories in many I, ways. In the way we tell stories. I think yeah. storytelling is very important amongst every oh, well, no, culture and every yes. tribe. So I think amongst the Lakota and other Native and also just very much like other maybe non- um, christian you know sort of um caucasian yeah. sort of cultures it's, it, they embrace death and yeah. also other types of like connections to the afterlife a much much more than than i would say what modern most modern americans yeah do. it was great to have such a different character perspective on everything for this episode so let's just get into it yeah so uh william's not dead he's crawling to a riverbed yeah i mean he's... of course he's not dead they're not going to yes. unceremoniously just let him die and I love how, but I love how they just answer that right away. <laughs> yeah, it's the first thing in the show. They're just like, he's not dead, and he's crawling for his life though, and he's just kind of like hating on himself, being like, "This is not, this is not how you're gonna die." Um, which totally tells me that he's going to die in the future. It's just he's it's all about the suicide mission, and that he's or he already has died, and he hasn't learned that fact yet. It, uh, yes, I mean like something of that nature but he has a mission yeah also by the end of this episode with the way this episode ends you would actually want to assume that he's not going to die or suffer a worse fate yeah i think i think as far as his daughter i mean we'll get to that but i would i would think that in her opinion him not being allowed to die here is suffering the worst fate (laughs) because this is what he wants he wants to die yeah and he's and he's found by uh, ake so yeah who basically Brings up, he basically first says, speak, speaks his language and then says, I remember you in English, and then puts him on his horse, brings him to the Ghost Nation camp, uh, where you see some, you still see some, uh, like what clears to be Dallas executives in the background. Yeah. There's just generic people in tuxes and dresses, <laughs> um, and you know, always kind of popping up in the background. Remember, but then he um, was protecting the people, they were like saving the humans, they weren't killing them. Correct. Um, and but not not only humans but also other hosts, aka Maeve's daughter. Yeah, although I think she's an exception because it seems like otherwise they're killing a lot of the other hosts. Killing the ones that are trying to kill. Yeah, they're killing Dolores's hosts. Yeah, the <laughs> they're ones killing that have... followers of Wyatt. <laughs> yes, um, and I think one. Okay, so one theory that maybe is a little bit put down here. Mm-hmm. In this episode, is that the Ghost Nation is acting on the behalf of Ford, which is not necessarily true. They are acting on behalf of Arnold. Yeah, how true is that? Out of I curiosity, think it's, more, it's it's a like a virus. You know, Ake is the first, but essentially, when Ake starts telling the story to Maeve's daughter about like how he's remembered, for, you know, he essentially is the first woke host because he's able to remember everything. And remember his past and everything mm-hmm. about him before mm-hmm. anybody else. So he, when searching through his past, essentially telling the story, his first kind of notion is he was part of this initial tribe pre-Ghost Nation. And he un- he discovered the massacre that involved Arnold's death. Right. And, dis- and discovered the maze, essentially. Right. And the symbol that it was. And it burned into his memory 
like a like I would say like a virus. Yeah. And then he decided to spread that upon the other not people in his tribe, but also just throughout the the, the West World. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like, and then we we'll get to later when we talk about Ford. But I think that the whole thing that we've been set up since episode one, season one, with the maze symbol is not anything that's been preconceived, but is a is a part of Arnold's game, not Ford's game, but Arnold's game in a right. certain way of reaching consciousness through inner, you know, sort of this inward yes. sense. And so I, they're acting on behalf in some ways inspired by Arnold's uh, sacrifice and yeah. his thing. But they're also so. now being manipulated by Ford. Yes. I'm not saying that like... his journey into the subsystem of the Delos main camp at you know the home base when he found his former yeah Yeah. he could only do that because ford let him he doesn't have the access to go down there but he found that well before anything like he discovered he he discovered his ability to he was woke before Mm. essentially he met even met ford as yeah as far as he knows Uh, yeah but uh, i mean we know that mave was only allowed to wake herself up because ford wrote it into her code so why was he allowed to do it? Because that certain things like that have nothing to do with whether was it or not even, they're conscious. But was it even Ford? I don't know. It's it, you know. I mean, we read the the scene later. Yeah. When when Ake meets Ford, and it seems like unless Ford somehow elaborately set that up for Ake, mm-hmm. was he was trying to find the reason for the symbol? Well, I mean, at some point or another, he had to tell Ake, "Bring your people to the door." when i die yeah Yeah, so he would have had to set that up because he probably wants that if he didn't want that to happen then he wouldn't have told him that and ford doesn't seem like the kind of person that reacts to something because it just feels it feels very out of character for him to be so unaware of everything else that's going on yeah it just seems like kind of that whole scene with him and ford Mm -hmm. just felt very that would be the most elaborately staged like setup sure <laughs> for ford to be like i'm gonna like scalp all your friends here while i've I've had them in like you know you know seesaw motor functions basically yeah mode and then i'm gonna cut off their scalps and then like act like i don't know what's going on or not like going on but like what what does it mean what does the symbol mean because it's implied that ake has been carving the symbol into the scalps of his right brethren all of them correct so which is like I, I I read as Ford is reacting, but then also at the same time he is acting at the same like he is yeah he's taking the information and then and you don't know how long from when he says bring your people to the door when I die to when he dies that could be years right so again I think I think it's Ford has never been from the be- like I think we've learned that he's never been from the beginning a you know master planner it's like he sort of has reacted to Ford's death and worked from there. And he's constantly adapting to the circumstances that are given to him. Ford is? Yes. Well, I mean, that's hard to say because now everything we know about Ford is that he already pre-planned to, like, copy his brain and put it into the cradle ahead of time. But we don't know. Like, clearly he did it very late, in like, years later. Yeah. So I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it feels like, his whole thing was that this I mean, I wouldn't assume. I mean, look, he told he told him 
to to do this after he dies. So Ford at this point was planning on dying and bringing Dolores back as Wyatt the killer. So he had that like plan in his head, which part of that plan includes Bernard and bringing and like having his memory caught. Like all those things had to line up. So like we don't necessarily know the exact date, but he had to know those things because he can't say like, oh yeah, she'll just come back at some point, I'm sure, and kill me. So when that happens, like he no, pulled no. all those strings. Think, yeah, but we're thinking over a 35 year period ish. Yes. So well, I think... no. So I mean, so look, we know Bernard had to die before William came to the park. Oh yeah. But then we know nine years passed after the whole thing with like William and Lo- like he said that so he had he had not been updated in nine years when he first found Kohana. Yes. Correct. So and this was after that. So it's a minimum of ten years. So this would be at least around the term- time Bernard was brought online, which is about eighteen years ago. Yeah. And my guess is if Bernard is far enough along that he, Ford's already planning his quote unquote retirement to a to a point that he could tell him like precisely what like the fact that he knows he's gonna use Dolores to kill himself. This has got that has to be within the last five years. There's no way ten years ago he was like, I'm gonna have Dolores kill me at some point and just unleash madness. No, I, yeah, obviously that, yeah, but you're jumping like that's still like a, there's at least a fifteen year gap in between what right. you're talking about. Yeah, no, it's a it's a big amount of time for him to just have basically been conscious in the park yeah like no he yeah he was definitely conscious a while but i'm just saying like for ford's plan it seemed that his plan obviously was never that has not been the same thing since the beginning it's like he's adapted to arnold's position sure over time and by and i think it's initially when ford killed himself his ford's whole thing was i'm just going to bring the park online and then once william and james delos came on board essentially because first logan delos invested in the park right as a pure like entertainment thing and then once william and james came like basically came on once logan went crazy you know then it became this whole thing about immortality and all these other sort of things behind the scenes going on right and that's i think once ford's plan had changed yeah that's entirely possible so anyways um let's get back to what the episode is going on um Maeve is brought to that same tech we saw earlier that was working on P- Peter Abernathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy is so, like, such an asshole. Yeah, very spastic, high-strung. <laughs> He's just like, I am so fucking tired yeah. about cutting open these people. Um, He's like the guy in every, I don't know, every TV episode is just tired of, of shit. But anyways, um, Lee tells him that this is a very important host and that he can use the uh, the mesh network to communicate with the host and also control their minds. Right. Um, this whole episode, actually, there's a big question I have about Lee, about what is his intentions, because they very clearly show him a very empathetic and emotionally, I think he's very aware that, like, he, he's very connected to Maeve, but the way he talks to the other uh, humans in in this sort of thing makes it seem like, implies that he is more concerned about the technology inside her than her herself who lee yeah oh i didn't get that from it at all i thought that he was revealing this so that he could leverage a way to save her i in the beginning yes but then when later when he's emotionally talking to her like as like almost like a person would talk to someone that's in a coma Uh uh-huh it's like he they're kind of manipulating us as a show 
and kind of making it seem that way like he's he's like he almost he's changed and he's like i finally understand like you are so yeah. important right but then i felt like there was this weird they were kind of like almost playing both sides and that like then when he's talking to the tech again it's like you got to save her kind of thing it was like it made it seem like what's inside her brain is way more important as ip than her as a person yeah i think that was just a way of him i think it's more than that because when he was saying why she's special i think he wasn't going to sit there and try and explain that she's real so he used the other thing about her that was special that felt like a deflection like he was being like no you have to save her she's different and he's just like like like, i was like i don't care he's like i mean like uh like no like she's like a secret weapon actually well, yeah, I mean, he used the immediate thing of, like, you can use her to control the right. other hosts and, like, put down this rebellion, this right. thing that's going on. But I, I felt that the, his whole, like, the last few episodes have been this kind of, Back you can't really tell yeah. what he's saying. Because when he makes the initial call to the QA, you're like, oh, is he just trying to get it, rescue himself? And then, like, he brings the QA people in, but they shoot Maeve. And he's like, no, don't do Like, don't kill her. And also... You know, there's this whole idea now that I've realized that if a host is not shot in the head, they're not going to die. Correct. As long as their brain's intact, they can get shot all they want anywhere else in their body. Correct. It's They're just programmed to act like they're going to die. It's it's their, you know, actual, you know, whatever programming they have in their in their little core. That's important. So when you get someone, someone gets shot in the head, then you know they're, like, actually dead. Well, they could be brought back up online anyway if they're not shot in the head. If it's still intact, if they're, but now with the cradle destroyed, right? That it's basically whatever's not, what whatever ball in their head is not intact, yeah, is is destroyed forever. So, but that's, that's something to keep in mind. Where it's like you, again, kind of manipulating us to think that like, oh, Maeve, it's like, yeah, it's like it seems like she could die, but at the same time, like not really, because as long as her head's still intact, <laughs> she's kind of fine. Which is kind of funny how they keep they mentioning like just chopped off their heads (laughs) i don't know 100 percent how true it is though because i think that at a certain point because their bodies are pretty much organic um they might cease function at a certain point i think of enough if enough um yeah you know clementine wasn't shot in the head but she's down she's down um and there's been plenty of instances this season where they bring back online you know people who have been shot in the chest like the the confederado soldier that brings them to major craddock um you know, amongst other things. So I think it's it's yeah. it's part of their programming to when they are shot to feel like they are dying. Right. And it's all about overriding that. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's kind of interesting to watch in which someone could come by and override their function. Yeah. And actually, they're dead. But I thought it was really cool, the whole scene where Ake goes to the ends of the basically park and finds Logan. Right. That was So that's one of the biggest pieces of the episode and one of the most important parts. Yeah, and part of, in addition to Arnold's maze that gets into Ake's brain is also Logan's phrase where he's like, where's the door? This is the wrong world. Right. Because Logan's been out there for days, you know, basically sunbaking. Well, I'm glad that they did bring this up because I knew at some point or another they had to answer this because it was crazy how he just sent him out in that first season. And I was like, William basically just killed this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's but, it's weird yeah. to me that there's no protection where they're not tracking the hosts. They're not tracking the people to make sure they don't die. It's strange to yeah. me. Maybe thinking about this as like this is a very early stage of the park. You know, it's only been open for a few years. So 
it would make sense that maybe they hadn't quite developed the technology to track guests yet, at least not from a it's only what they can see maybe from third party viewing from other hosts and stuff. Yeah, but it's it's still strange. I mean, I guess at this point, though, um, no, I mean, someone Bernard uh, Arnold would have been killed. So they I mean, they have reason to believe that they're in danger, but. I don't know. It's silly. But didn't they it's hide very that silly. story? They hid that that actual storyline from people that like there was a murder within the side of the park. No one, no one knew about Arnold. He was completely a mystery, right? To to people currently, so it would make sense that you know before Disneyland opened, <laughs> like they they hid the death of you know said employee who died on Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, makes sense. So and then maybe this would be the next biggest thing, like the biggest investor in Westworld was found. You know missing for days and they finally found him like crazy out of his mind um but yeah so essentially logan implants into ake this idea of the door which we've heard before um so ake then he in another you know basic loop goes and finds the door the valley beyond um have you had any thoughts about still what it is based on what you've seen now looking at that i now i'm more confused than ever it looks so based on what we've seen in this episode what he sees it is a towers built deep into the ground yeah they're like spires yeah which i think no but then there was like a big thing on a crane and these like water pump pipes and there was like a gate yeah and there's like a weird ramp thing a dirt ramp (laughs) yeah and like the crane thing almost looked like a huge electromagnet yeah like a weird like yeah almost like a a wishbone thing (laughs) yeah kind of an arc thing like you're gonna pick up like a car yeah like almost like it can come up and like almost like these individual things built on these towers right. or little pods that you can pick up and and move i still think it is a arc of data yeah it's possible and that, and that they're just burying this out in the valley beyond and that it is data of guests of hosts of people not even uh, people that pay to have their brains copied it's like it's just a, a survival kind of arc of humanity beyond the physical realm. And it would make sense as, like, if they're building this thing that's, like, underground and protected and um, these sort of pods. But that's kind of—I I still keep that theory. Yeah. Maybe the weapon that Dolores is talking about is a young version of William that's good and would fight along on her side. Like a, like a souped-up version. <laughs> yeah. It would just be a young version of William back, but he's, like, anti-man in black. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting to think what her idea of the weapon would be because I it's almost like I agree with you in that sense. Like it would be as simple as that, yeah, almost. But you would think like a weapon would be much larger. It's just it's a giant host. <laughs> it's it's Godzilla. Yeah, I mean, okay. Now for ta- I mean, just very quick aside, and we'll get back into the episode. But we talked a lot about what the other parks could be. How come we haven't thought of like a fantasy world? Where you actually, they could have, like, trolls and giants and ogres and stuff. Like, come on. No one at Westworld was like, why don't we just make, like, one huge Lakota tribe member? Just, like, someone that's, like, 10 feet tall. Yeah, I think it, it's weird because they want... Okay, I think... But here's the thing I'll sell you on. Is that they're trying with Westworld and beyond to make things real. Yeah, no, of course they are. But there wasn't... You don't think, like... You don't think the designers on any prop set or any place or like on their downtime hey let's make like a giant version of x or like oh here's like a tiny little like prototype of the thing we made no one was like let's make a 50 foot tall dolores just to see if we can 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, it would be awesome. Like I, I get that. I, I'm just yeah. thinking that the whole point of Delos is to, if if their idea is to track human no, behavior. No, I get that. Of course, it would. I understand why it wouldn't be in the West world. Because I'm a just, fantasy world right. would not would not be congruent to to that type of, of data you're not. trying to collect. Right. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense. All right. So you, okay, I mean, speaking of speaking of weird offside, did you see the thing about uh, Jeffrey Wright saying that his character was based on a Reddit user? No. Yeah, uh, there's some That's story funny. basically saying like they did research and apparently he's based on some some famous Reddit user. That... That's really funny. <laughs> Who could be a Russian bot? Who knows? Yeah. So this uh, whole show could be based on Russian. Uh, AI. Yeah, he's probably all right if he's based on probably <laughs> trolls the Donald. Well, I didn't like the part in this episode when they chanted we. Uh, you will not replace us. So yeah. So the next, like, what are the other major beats? Because here's the thing about this episode: it was great, it was amazing, it was fantastic, it was wonderful. But it other was than... mostly all Ake's beats, him telling yeah. the story through time. So I, after that, um, I think we briefly touched on it, but um, it's revealed that he has not uh, been updated for some time. This is after he discovers the door, right? And then he decides to, in his moment, realize that. Um, to go find Kohana, his like love, basically similar to Maeve's daughter, to uh, Dolores's dad. It's like people, the hosts in this world have grown attachments to certain figures. Um, he rescues her, goes and takes her, tries to take her to the door, but it's already been buried to where he was. Also, I just want to say like most of the show is filmed in California, like north of L.A., south yeah. of San Francisco area. I really want to find where those sand dunes are. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, in this I don't episode, know. I was like. Those, that question. look great, like beautiful, wherever that whole area is. I, I was think. thinking the same thing. The cinematography in this episode was incredible. Um, then I think, okay, so he basically takes her there. She's taken away by some QA, basically some tech guys that, like, what is she doing wandering off in this park area? They don't find him. He gets reset. In, in the update, we realize he's not been updated for 10 years, So, which is implied. I think we've discovered this before where hosts that never die never they're they're never backed up to the cradle and never right. reset like right. they don't actually just go out and take randomly take hosts to reset it's only when you die do they take you to reset you so which is i think poor on their part <laughs> you know like that's not good business practice to never yeah i mean i guess update. it's because like they don't want to go out into the world unless they have to yeah which it's very jurassic park yeah <laughs> of them to do that where it's like let's not check and see if the uh female dinosaurs are uh switch sexes and procreating let's just you know let's well, just stay in did, our... we wouldn't have so much fun here to talk about john yeah you know i guess we wouldn't have a fallen kingdom this yeah, coming out this great. whatever who cares no i don't know. <laughs> um what'd you think about the him going going down to cold storage to find his his love i, I mean and... i was it was great. I was fine with it, but like I said, I feel like there's more to this scene because I just don't understand how he could wake himself up, get out there, go downstairs, know where he was going to find that very specific thing, like gain access to it, like how he had the credentials to go all the way. To, there just feels like there's a lot of things that had to perfectly line up for him to be able to pull that off without there being a guiding force behind it. Yeah, that, that redheaded sort of superior that came down to sort of tell them like oh this is a very important host right that like you should update them but oddly just felt very dismissive in yes. a weird way yeah i mean that that's part of me what says like 
at this point ford maybe is on it somehow or is doing something but i don't know it's just like yeah that woman might have been a host mm, is that yeah it's like i don't even understand that interaction she comes in she goes how long has it been since it's been updated nine years okay quickly just update him quietly and put it like what's shouldn't her job yeah, there you never be know be, bureaucracy be like, oh we need to back <laughs> his ass up yeah you never know though with bureaucracy there people make dumb decisions all the time for the sake of not rattling right i mean sure cages um you know more shout out to those lovely elevators in pacific design center which i used to work at <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh always great um uh, i guess we, uh, let's get to the big ford and ake meeting did you did you look for the man in black when they showed Ford dead during the massacre scene? Were you looking for his body on the ground? I was looking for the man. I in was black. not. I assumed at that point he already he already got up and yeah. got away. Maybe maybe not. That was, that's what I was wondering. I was looking. Yeah, but I was not. I was not looking at All right, that. So the Ford Ake scene. Um, I was cool. I guess like what? So the implication here is Ford froze during their bear attack or a bear assault. Yeah. Um, I thought I, it just it was really funny seeing that really giant stuffed bear. <laughs> um, oh, and he's like, it's kind of a creepy. It's very Hannibal Lecter. Wait, I think so. Wait, this... what do you think the implication is there that th- that he froze the scene in time? Yeah, like he he gathered all the the Ghost Nation people. They were doing some sort of like bear hunt or some sort of yeah. hunt attack thing, and then that moment he like frees all motor functions, all of them, so then he could cut open their like. See, I thought this was part of him writing a new narrative for them. Like, it seemed like he was setting up a stage. Kind of like how when we see at the end of season one, at the end of his The Long Night story, we see, you know, the spotlights over Dolores and Teddy and everyone's watching. Like, this felt like the final piece of his staging for something. Like, he was setting up wherever. Again, we don't know where, what time, what time in the timeline this is. I feel like this is years before the journey into night. No, of course, but uh, I'm saying that it, but, it felt more like he was staging. Yeah, because but I read maybe I, maybe I'm coming at from a very like first layer literal perspective in the sense that it seemed like Ford was being driven by something. He's trying to find out the answer to this the symbol that had been appearing in his host's skulls, basically yeah. on the scalps, and that he was kind of gathering all the Ghost Nation hosts and like literally ripping their their skulls out and or their scalps out and like kind of looking at the, the symbols and then he sees like this final one the one that's woke per se that hasn't been bound and in maybe ford is putting on another layer of acting yeah and he actually is aware well, of what's that going was, on that was how i read it i read it that he okay. staged this because if he wants to know why this symbol is showing up again the easiest way to do it because he knows that this person would then be awake because he's followed Arnold's maze once again, is for him to set a honeypot by having these lights set up, this staging, because it'll drive the one person who understands what they're seeing there because everyone else, they'll just ignore it, right? They'll be like, oh, it doesn't look like anything to me. They won't question it. But whoever is the person that's behind this stuff will find Ford. So it felt like a stage. Yeah, I mean, I think... That's, I think, reading the same thing from just a different perspective. I think, but in that, like, we both agree that he, Ford is trying to find out something and figure out what's going on, like, whether or not it's a stage thing or he's just in that moment also trying to figure out. But like I said, it did feel very harken back to Science of the Lambs and 
Anthony oh, Hopkins' yes, sort of Hannibal Lecter character of like scalping these guys. Very, very silent <laughs> Just, to the lives. So I thought that was great. Um, and soon after, he tells him about like the Deathbringer moment. The Deathbringer is the him dying, the Dolores shooting him. Yeah, Dolores is Ake, the Deathbringer. Yeah, and Ake brings. He returns to the same place he found Arnold. Right, which is uh, a big reveal. Did you notice? Okay, so did you notice when he's walking, when Ake is walking by the graveyard, there's a grave marked for Dolores? Yeah, we know that in the first season. That's where she finds the maze. I thought she found, I thought that was Peter Abernathy's grave before. No, it was hers. Okay. Yeah, Bernard tells her to time. find herself. Like, that's how, uh, that's where he, she finds the maze buried. No, no, I know that, but I thought like the the grave was always marked for Peter, not for her. Um, it's possible. I thought it was Dolores. Uh, yeah, I would. I'm gonna watch it again. I watch that again and see if it pops up. But I I remember watching episode ten yeah. last be. season. It Could would be. be Peter. But anyways, um, I just noticed they they framed that so it showed her grave again. Um, the episode ends with Emily coming to get William. Says that there's a worse death for him. Where she's taking him, then what Ake says is going to happen. Well, so um, yeah, I mean, the thing that we know what Emily wants is for him to not die there and to have to suffer by like actually living his life and like going home. So when she told Ake, like, I'm going to make him suffer so much more than you will by just keeping him alive, like, for as long as you can and making him like feel pain, like, I'm going to make him live on and like leave this because this is the only thing that like he actually cares about. Yeah. It's like, if I take this away from him, he doesn't have what he wants. Yeah, which I think maybe she doesn't quite, or we, I mean, we, and also she does not quite understand what, what ultimately his goal is. Yeah. And then it was also during uh, before the, we, but, but, uh-huh. before we get there though, um, any thoughts about the whole kind of Ake revelation about Maeve's daughter, Maeve, and the whole Yeah, that's homestead. what I was about to say. It was like how, so basically whenever Ake was speaking Lakota, he was talking to Maeve. Whenever he was speaking English, he was talking to the daughter. And that's why he was switching back and forth. Uh, it was like a fake out. He must have known from the start that he was talking to Maeve. Because he starts yeah. very quickly in English and then switched over to Lakota and keeps talking to her. And it was it was weird because I was like waiting for something to come up to see that we would know somehow that she was like waking up. But it actually wasn't that. It's that Maeve. She's just communicating through the yeah. network. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think that was a cool revelation that, like, Maeve is not only can control, but she can learn through the network. Yeah, and wh- I thought what was great about this was that this is the moment where, because it seems like Maeve dies at the end, which they're going to bring her back online. There's no way she's going away. But I think yeah, this yeah, was point, yeah. her allowing that part of her narrative to die. Because now that she's let go and someone else is going to watch her daughter, she's going to be able to move on and, like, find her own path now. Yeah, and I thought it was, like... It was kind of an interesting life lesson about not everything is that like is as intimidating as it th- seems, and right. this whole idea about like Native Americans being this scary, different, you know, pagan, devilish, you know, sort of. I mean, people. If there's and... objective good people in this show so far, it's the Lakota tribe. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about from like a American perspective of like American history and how right you know the Native American people were demonized for being different right. and and killed off for what they were. And so I think this sort of encap in this episode encapsulates that in a in a cool and interesting way about his whole message that although it seemed like we were 
attacking your tribe, we were really protecting you. We just looked scary as hell. Yeah. You know, kind of doing it, but like we were trying to warn you and trying to open your eyes to the door. Well, and it, oh, it, now it finally makes sense why we would always see them and then see the man in black. Like it felt more like it was just a weird hallucination where, you know, yeah. this was a story that had played out over and over. Lakota tribe would always come and attack her. But that's not what actually was happening is he was there warning them about the men in black. Yeah. Because they couldn't uh, do anything with the men in black because they couldn't stop him. They can't yeah. kill him. So Yeah, they, they could they could protect them from other hosts, but not from right. guests. And so he was trying to get Maeve to wake up so that she could protect her daughter. Yeah. Is what he was trying to do. Akacheta first meets Logan in the real world, which it's interesting that it doesn't seem like he remembers that. Yeah, because it was programmed. Yeah, but remember he... he froze in that in that moment when Angela gives the presentation to him in that room with like Clementine's playing the piano and Logan's all like, "Oh my god, this is like far ahead." And then like she freezes everybody including him. Yeah. No, I I understand that, but Dolores remembers that stuff. But Lor- Dolores wasn't in that room. Remember she was yeah. held out of that presentation. Arnold. I believe she remembers William's party. Yes, but but uh, but he wasn't there. The 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 host that yeah, played. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. It feels like he should remember it. Um, it, it feels a little silly. He seems to remember other things that happened prior to. But see, other he events. did not remember it until he saw Arnold's maze. Until the moment when Arnold died, that's right. when he became woke. So he right, was, but then he should he should have access to all his old memories. But see, it's that. it's a different. I think his journey to consciousness is different than Dolores's journey. It's like almost like a. Uh, how she followed the maze as well, but he followed it. I think almost in a more natural way, whereas like okay. Dolores was mi- like sort of taken and manipulated and forced to even like reproduce Arnold and like forced in all these situations in which she had to talk to. Oh um, well, the second time Dolores found consciousness, yes, y- yeah, but I'm, not the first, yeah. So okay. I'm thinking like he found saying. it in a much more natural way. Sure. Outside well, this doesn't even influence. have anything to do with the point I was going to make. Okay. The point I was going to make <laughs> is that when he first meets Logan, he's introducing Logan and he's opening Logan's eye up to the world and showing Logan that everything he was seeing was an illusion. Yeah. And now when Logan meets him in his world, he Logan is the one telling him that everything you see is an illusion and none of this is real. So it's sort of interesting how that they both kind of opened up their eyes to the possibility of what is and is not real and what you can believe and you know how much of it's an illusion and, and sort of like power and control because logan thought he was in control and now realizes he's not and not you know akachita same thing they both realize like how little control they have over everything yeah no I, I agree with that it's like an interesting kind of reversal of the roles and i think this would mm-hmm. be a, such an interesting show they would never do it but like if they started the show without telling you that it's a theme park <laughs> and it's just it's the, just it's <laughs> the perspective yeah. of the hosts and like them awakening to the world around them <laughs> yeah it would be so hard to do it but it would be kind of cool to see it from that perspective yeah it's just the first episode it was just a western yeah and you just don't realize that like there's just these people in the shadows that like appear and don't appear you're like, I could have sworn they shot at the guy with the black hat, but nothing happened. Why? Yeah, it's like you think he's invincible. Like, but... Didn't they kill that guy? How is he back? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm excited so for weird. next episode. Uh, oh, my gosh. The title is Vanishing Point. Um, it looks like yeah. based on the trailers, 
Uh, we'll be exploring a William's life moments around the time his wife committed suicide. Yeah. Um, or is that actually his wife? Is this a fake out? And is that his own death? Who knows? Now, I think with a show, yeah. you can ask, you have to ask every question that way. Um, I did yeah. learn something. Actually, I listened to Script Notes podcast, and they had Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan on. And they talked about uh-huh. how um, they actually do all their trailers for their episodes in-house before they export mm-hmm. them to HBO. Um, mm-hmm. And then the HBO does like a touched up version of them. But that's why I think they they're given kind of liberty of um, the the why the trailer seems so different than normal ones in this in this episode. So, so John, do you know what a vanishing point is? Nope. Why don't you explain it to me? Well, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's basically the point where everything sort of disappears and things converge. So, the horizon sort of is a vanishing point. Let's say you have uh, an alleyway is the best way to describe it. You know the paintings where they use perspective and you have like an alley. You, maybe you start at the corner of the building and you see the yeah, buildings and go outward. Yeah, all single point. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's the vanishing point is where everything meets. Mm. So, so we're, we're assuming that a, something that we're shown in this episode will be a point in which everything converges. Yeah. Or by the end of next episode, we're totally caught up in the timeline. And the final episode doesn't have any more bouncing around. Do you think it's going to be similar to Game of Thrones in that, like, episode 9 is usually the, like, climactic finale? And then generally episode 10 is the setup for next season? Yeah, it's hard to say because this show, I feel like so much happens in so many episodes. It could be the freaking fourth episode of the season. And it, it's, you know, it's such a huge reveal. Yeah. This season in particular, that's exactly what happened. Because so, right, right now, basically, so hard we to have... Say. We have Dolores heading to the valley. We have everyone. Everyone in the valley. Even in Carl Strand's timeline with Arnold or Bernard, they're heading to the valley. Right. So it seems like everyone's in this next episode is going to be in the valley. Right. It's very strange. So And very awesome. I wouldn't be surprised if the vanishing point did have something to do with the timelines matching up. But I guess there's really only one way to find out, which is to wait a week. So. Everything converging to one. Um, Christian, you're at E3 all this week. Yes, I am. Exciting times. You're at your Very Bonnaroo, exciting. your Woodstock, your whatever, yeah. your Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where else? So basically, we're gonna we're gonna hear all about that this week on multiple shows. Yeah. So Christian underscore Humes on Twitter, Instagram at Zeitheist, also at Unranked Podcast. A lot of video game stuff. Check it out. Yep. Uh, and I'm Johnny. Be good in L.A. Zeitheist, Wishboning's back this week, came back last week, lots of fun, uh, as well as countless other shows, a part of the whole family. Yes. Um, but yeah, and take my heart. When you go.